0: opening for Savannah's in-market arena is pushed back. Area schools deal with COVID concerns and the Georgia Bulldogs are national champs for the first time in more than 40 years. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. The multi-million dollar in-market arena project in Savannah did not open this week as originally scheduled. Earth, Wind & Fire was scheduled for a concert on Thursday, January 13th that would serve as the arena's soft opening. But during a news conference on Tuesday, January 11th, Savannah Mayor Van Johnson announced the arena's opening would be pushed back. The city says that postponement is because of COVID-19 and supply chain disruptions that have impacted the completion of the facility. Here's Mayor Johnson on Tuesday.
1: We overanticipated. anticipated. Um, we thought that we could um, push this in the end zone. And again, the realities of the time in which we live um, just hit us in the face. Uh, COVID is real, supply chains, disruptions are real, um, and we just could not get it done like we hoped that we would.
0: Despite the arena not opening on its anticipated date, Mayor Johnson still says the project is on budget and on time. The mayor says the contractual completion date is in mid-February. Here again is Mayor Johnson.
1: Contractually, um, we're still on on schedule. Um, We did not make our our, um, optimistic uh,
2: completion date. Um, We did. We hoped that by December
0: we would have been essentially finished. By January we would have been ready to go. Uh, It didn't happen. We own that. But contractually, um, we are still on budget and on schedule. The Earth, Wind & Fire concert set for January 13th has been rescheduled to February 9th. Riley Green's concert, originally scheduled for January 14th, has been moved to February 6th. Tickets will be honored for the new dates. The city says all events at the arena scheduled for February are going on as planned. Several school systems in southeast Georgia and the Low Country are making changes due to COVID-19 concerns. Jasper County schools in South Carolina moved to temporary virtual learning on Thursday, January 13th. The district says the decision was made after three class closures at several elementary schools and several staff shortages due to COVID. Virtual learning will last until Thursday, January 20th. The district says they will reevaluate data before the return date for further direction. The Evans County Charter School System closed schools on Wednesday, January 12th and will reopen on Tuesday, January 18th after the Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday. The district says the change was made due to an excessive amount of COVID-related student and employee absences. Long County schools will be closed on Friday, January 14th due to what the district calls a critical staff shortage caused by COVID. Students will return to the classroom on Tuesday, January 18th. In Wayne County, classes have been canceled at Jessup Elementary School on Friday, January 14th, and the school will be moving to hybrid learning next week. All other schools in the Wayne County District will remain on their regular schedule Friday and next week. To stay up to date on school closings, go to the education page at WTOC.com. You'll find a link in the description of this podcast episode. An Alabama man was arrested in Arizona on Wednesday, January 12th, charged in connection to the shooting deaths of a mother and daughter in Vidalia last week. The GBI confirmed 27-year-old Joshua Miguel Sanders of Birmingham, Alabama, was arrested this week by U.S. Marshals in Flagstaff, Arizona. Sanders faces felony murder charges in the deaths of Tori Harden and her mother Pamela last week. Pamela Harden's car was taken from the scene of the shooting and recovered in Birmingham on Sunday, January 9th. Even after Sanders' arrest in Arizona, Vidalia police say they still have many questions, including why Sanders was in Vidalia in the first place. Here's Police Chief James German.
1: Nobody really knows what he was doing here. I believe uh, the one victim that he befriended through social media, maybe that's what brought him here. Uh, nobody really knows him, and that was it. Is so scary here in our community. Even with
0: those questions still to be answered, folks in the community say they're happy to know a suspect is behind bars. WTOC Bureau Chief Dal Kennedy has the story from Thursday, January
2: 13th. Word of the arrest of a suspect in this case certainly brings a sigh of relief to the community. The shooting last Thursday left a grown woman and her mother dead. The tragedy caught the community's attention. At first I thought it was at my mom's house,
1: so I rushed over here and it actually wasn't, it was right down the road.
2: Federal marshals arrested Joshua Miguel Sanders in Arizona for the deaths of Tori Hardin and her mom, Pam. Vidalia police are thankful for his capture.
1: For me, it's a tremendous relief because the fear that this individual struck. You know, we knew that he wasn't here, but did the community actually know?
2: He says they suspected Sanders had left the area and the state, but couldn't tell people for certain that he was gone.
3: It's a big sigh of relief because you're you're, you're glad, you know, because you definitely don't want anybody to get hurt with somebody like that on the loose.
2: But the arrest leaves many with questions still to be answered. How did he make it this far? You know, who, who does he know that way? Where was he headed? What were his plans after that? You know what I mean? The chief says he'll be brought back here for charges, but waits now to find out how soon. In Vidalia, Dow Kennedy, WTOC News.
0: Vidalia police say there's no timetable for when Sanders will be extradited back to Georgia. Sunday, January 16th, will be a first alert weather day in the coastal empire and low country. WTOC
1: meteorologist Dave Turley and Andrew Gorton have the details. Yeah, we got our first alert weather day coming up here on Sunday. What we're going to be watching is an area of low pressure, we're going to pick up a lot of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico. And it looks like it's going to be passing just to the west of our area. And that's going to have a big impact on what type of precipitation we are going to see. Uh, Here coming up on Sunday. But what we're thinking right now, Andrew, right, is some rain showers could be heavy in the morning. And uh, we are looking at the potential for even a few thunderstorms. But timing of that still appears to be more morning, afternoon.
3: Yeah, morning going into the afternoon. And, you know, with that low being a little bit further to our west with the counterclockwise motion of a low, it's going to be wrapping in more of that southerly flow. So we're on the warmer side of this. We're going to be on the warm air advection side of this even though it's still going to be kind of a damp dreary day still warmer than on the northern side of that where you are likely going to have that wintry precipitation up in upstate of you know the Carolinas even up toward Charlotte you could have some icing some models you know even putting out over a quarter inch of ice which could be crippling for cities so don't be bummed that we're missing out on this. It's not something that you'd want to deal with.
1: Yeah, exactly. Never want to see that ice in the area. And as far as the wintry precipitation, a lot of people are like, I want to see it. I think it's going to be just to the north of our area. So it's going to be an all rain event. But we are going to see those winds increasing as well. They could be easily gusting over 30 miles per hour. And I think we're hard to dry things out into the evening time frame As that low pressure pulls away from the region and brings in the windier and colder conditions setting us up for a Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly the next part of the forecast. Drying out, but a lot of people have Monday off. So it's going to be a windy day, a dry day, but windy. That will be the name of the game.
0: You can download the WTOC First Alert weather app right now to get real-time radar, weather watches and warnings, real-time road conditions, and more. It's available on iPhone and Android devices. For more from Dave and Andrew, subscribe to the WTOC First Alert weather podcast. Each week, the meteorologists discuss the weather that impacts our area, the biggest weather stories from across the country, and also teach you about weather along the way. Subscribe and download the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast at WTOC.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. For the first time since 1980, the Georgia Bulldogs are the national champions of college football. The Dogs topped Alabama 33-18 Monday night in Indianapolis to end the four-decade drought. Emotion poured out of the thousands of Georgia fans at Lucas Oil Stadium as the final seconds waned off the clock. Here's what a few told WTOC that night in Indy.
3: I'm so happy. I've been waiting for this my whole life. It's awesome. It
2: is awesome to say the least. A lot of joy after a lot of of disappointment. Just pure joy. This is amazing To, to, to watch the game unfold and the fact that we were here. And we drove from so far. We came from so far. We've been waiting on this. forty
3: years.
2: It's amazing. This is the best feeling in the whole world. To have watched it
0: and been here makes it so much more incredible. After Alabama handed Georgia their only loss of the season a month ago in the SEC championship, the Dogs got their revenge in the national title game. Georgia outscored the Tide 27-9 in the second half and put the game away when freshman defensive back Keeley Ringo returned an interception 79 yards for a touchdown with just 54 seconds to play. Blackshear native Stetson Bennett IV cemented his status as a Georgia Bulldog legend earning offensive MVP honors. The former walk-on quarterback threw for 224 yards and two touchdowns. Here's what head coach Kirby Smart had to say after delivering the long-awaited championship.
3: Um, But just Dog Nation showing up here, Um, the tremendous belief in this program of our fan base. I mean, everywhere we went in Indianapolis, we saw our people. Somebody told me it would be 60-40. It felt like 70-30. And uh, uh, I just hope they remember this feeling and understand they they don't need to get spoiled. They need to stay hungry like these players and just so proud of our players. And somebody told me, you know, you're not playing for the 41 years that we haven't won a national title. You're playing for the men in the room, and that really touched me.
0: There will be a championship parade and celebration in Athens on Saturday, January 15th. Parade and celebration details can be found at WTOC.com. The link to that story is in the description of this podcast episode. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.